Yo, this is fresh respect. So my dad tells me, as an eighth grader in middle school, Blue Valley Middle School Cardinals, woo! Uh, he tells me, little late at football practice, <laughs> to always have my helmet in my hands. You heard this before? No, I was told that by my dad. My dad said, always have your helmet in your hands, boy, because you never know when they're going to need someone to fill in. Mm. I think that was his nice way of saying, you're probably not going to already be in there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. Yeah. And I wasn't. Go figure. Yeah, there you go. Um, I was tiny. Like as an eighth grader, I I wasn't big. I was little. Yeah. And so... uh, I, I I was I always had my helmet in my hands. Yes. And I was always preparing myself for the moment that you could be like, "Put me in, coach." Cuz you know how the coach is always like, "I need a defensive end. I need end. somebody right now." And and I was always by him, like right next to him, just yeah, waiting. Yeah, eager. So one day during practice, they're okay. doing these drills. Yeah. There's a drill called the Oklahoma drill. Oh yeah. You, do you know the Oklahoma drill? I let me just say I have done How's it go? Tell me about it. Okay, so it starts out two guys on either side in a narrow bagged lane. Mm -hmm. One guy's got a ball, the other guy doesn't. Mm -hmm. And you got to make it. Yeah, and so actually, um, the way we were doing it was we had to start on our backs. Oh, that's right. You started down. Like like laying on our backs. mm -hmm. And And then then the guy with the ball, he blows the whistle, the guy jumps up, grabs the ball, and tries to get through while one guy tries to tackle him. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Just simple kind of... Both offense and defensive drill. Right. This this running back is just blowing people up left and right. Okay. Just destroying them. Do you remember his name? Can we? Uh, I can't remember who it was. Put him on blast from the Cardinals. No, I can't remember who it was. Now I don't want to misspeak. I could look back maybe. Okay. At a picture if I could find one. Yeah. Anyway, he's blowing people up left and right, and Coach Porter was the coach at the time. Coach Porter was getting more and more frustrated. And like the defense? Yeah. He kept putting people in there, kept putting people in there, kept pe- putting people in there, just kept getting ran over. Mm. Finally, this moment comes. For Steve Weatherford. Where he's like, give me somebody that can tackle. Give me somebody in there right now. And I didn't I didn't even hesitate. I think it had been brewing in me for a while. Yeah. Like, this is my chance. This is my chance. This is my chance. I had my helmet on, and I was running out there to get in position for the drill before he could even say no. Yeah. So he was like, all right, fine, let's see it. And so I laid down. I'm, I'm, my, my veins oh, are popping yeah. out of my I'm head. I'm ready to right own now. this moment. Yes. He blows the whistle. I jump up. This guy grabs the ball. I get to him. And the next thing I know, I'm like outside of the bags on the ground. Ugh. The dude just leveled me. <laughs> he was, I mean, as, a, as yeah. an eighth grader at the time, I think this, this guy was probably twice my size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just destroyed me. And then, if that wasn't humiliating enough in front of the whole team, then the coach is like, give me somebody that can actually tackle. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I was laying on the field. Yeah. And you know what? I still, there's something about it still to this day. Makes me a little bit proud. I don't know why. <laughs> I do know why. I want to talk about it today. All right. But uh, 
it's an interesting journey that I took this week prepping for the podcast. Okay. Because I thought I was going to talk about something. And as I got into it, I realized that's not what I really want to talk about. So we're going to talk about the thing I want to talk about. Mm. Then we're going to take it a little bit deeper and talk about the thing I think deserves some, some fresh, fresh respect. respect. And that's the name of the show. Darn straight. Right? This is season two. Yeah. Episode seven. Seven. I'm Steve Weatherford. And I'm Chris Halverson. And this is... Fresh Respect. Yeah, welcome. Hey, how are you guys doing out there? <laughs> I had a buddy once who was like, you know, I I kind of admire and kind of hate how much you guys pump your own show within your show. Well, your buddy can just bite it. I mean... As far as I'm concerned. Unless he's a listener. If you're a listener, subscribe to our show and keep listening, buddy. Appreciate it. I don't know if he could bite it. I just thought it was funny because, yeah, that's that's what we do here at Fresh Respect. We say the word Fresh Respect as many you Fresh know, Respect in you times know why as we possible. Pump it? You know why we pump it? Because we care. Because we care. And we're the, the, uh, the experts. Oh, we are the experts in Fresh Respect. <laughs> the quickest experts. And we're the quickest 30-minute <laughs> podcast you'll listen to all day long. That's Shortest. Right. Shortest. Yeah. And that's why I love this podcast. And I hear we're trending on Apple iTunes. Yeah. Let me give a little shout out today. Huh? You want to hear a shout out? I'd love one. Check this out. This shout out today goes to the fine young, and not all young, but I'm going to be nice and call them young, men and women, the brave men and women of the Joko One, serving the McKemish Township, remember, from the County Fair episode. Okay. But not just the McKemish Township, you know, the whole Southern Johnson County area. They save they save lives, literally. And they listen to the podcast together at the station. Isn't that fun? Who is this? Oh, the firefighters down at Joko One. Oh, down at Joko One. So you guys rock. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. We love the support. Yes. Now they feel cool because we're talking about them. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Hey. All right. Well, do you have a little uh, freshy poppy? Um, I, I do. Don't, we don't call it Freshy Poppy. I just tried that one on for size, but do we have something like that It today? didn't go as well as my well, Freshies. Why don't you say it again and see, see if it sounds better? You know what? I think I got something Fresh Pop. Boom, 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 boom. Fresh Pop. So I'm trying to think back, and I grew up when I was in my summers... Okay. Yeah. 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 Of like sixth, seventh, eighth, maybe ninth grade. Okay. And it was still like I was the only kid at home at this point. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so my mom didn't want to necessarily leave me home all summer by myself because both my mom and my stepdad worked. Okay. Yeah. So my grandma came over in the summer. Yeah, she did. She made you some marmalade pickle sandwiches. She did. Peanut yeah. butter marmalade pickle hey, sandwiches. That's a throwback. Yeah. That's another episode too, by the so way. So my grandma was awesome at being the quintessential having the grandparent phrases. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. The little quips that like helped the day along, but you heard like 175 times. You know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? So I'm just going to throw a few out that is directly from her mouth. Okay. Grandma quotes. So she would come in. And I was usually asleep because it was 8.30 and it was the summer and I'm not getting up at 8.30. And she mm-hmm. was like, Christopher, I hope you're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. My dad said the same thing and he yes. got it from his mom. 
and yeah, and then when bright eyed and bushy tail, bright eyed and bushy tail, do you? Mm-mm. No, not not yet. Weird. And so then when it was time to like clean, because we also we always had chores. Okay, we had chores to do. So your grandma was mean. Mine no. just gave me cookies. Well, it was responsible. Yeah. Okay. I mean, by by noon, I had the rest of the day to jack around but i had to do my flashcards right? right so but she would be like there's a place for everything and everything in its place and oh. that's what she would say when it was time to clean up hmm that's awesome and so i just think that there needs to be a little fresh respect on the old grandparent whip that you hear whip quip that quip? you hear that's like yeah. just out of nowhere but you're like oh my gosh that's so grandma that's so grandpa yeah totally. you got one i got a couple throw them well my grandma had this plaque in her kitchen Oh, okay. <laughs> that was always there. I still, I bet one of my siblings has it probably. Yeah. I don't know what happened to it. Yeah. But yeah it yeah. said, be careful of the words you say. Keep them soft and sweet. <laughs> For you never know from day to day which ones you'll have to eat. <laughs> yeah. That's good. And it like always sat there in her kitchen, kind of over by her phone. Yeah. And the other one has to do with her phone too. The phone maybe the, the most, most common phrase my grandmother ever said to us as, yeah. as kids, which was. Which was, that was your mom on the phone. She wants you to go home now. (laughs) (laughs) So my grandma lived, uh, I'd say, a couple houses down the road, but we kind of lived out in the country. So we took like a V-line through a field. Oh, okay. like one pasture away. Yeah. And that's where we went. Yeah. Like after school, we'd just go straight to grandma's house. Why not? Until the phone rang, the old rotary dial phone on the wall rang with the cord. And then she'd be like, all right, (laughs) your mom wants you to go home now. That's She'd hilarious. Home. So that's, that's awesome. Well, I got a couple more. Can I just throw a couple more towards you? Sure. Just to kind sure, of brighten sure, sure. up. What about your fences need to be horse high, pig tut, and bull strong? Your grandma talked really <laughs> tough. <laughs> that was not. Let's pretend that these are all from my grandma. Okay. Oh, okay. They're not. That was not a, your grandma. No, that was not. I was going to say your these grandma was like, awesome. These are just like total grandpa oh, okay, grandma okay. quotes. You know, meanness don't just happen overnight. You know, mm-hmm. um, it don't take a very big person to carry a grudge. I, I feel like the southern accent is, it sells it, sells it. Yeah, here's I got a couple. Then check every this, check this oh, out. Here's one. Every path has a few puddles. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I like that one. No, I, I had it worked with a guy one time. He said, "I'll put a pop knot on your head the size of a calf nipple." <laughs> That the the uh, the locksmith that I worked for used yeah. to call people that were dummies nipple noggins. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because a calf nipple is about the size of a quarter, I would guess. Yeah, sure. It's it's a good pop size. Not on your head, the size yeah. of a calf nipple. That hurts. Um, that's that's what I got. That's well, my dad always said, nah, "I'll just switch dad," but he he probably still says it. He said, "Boy, if you had a brain, you'd be dangerous." <laughs> <laughs> or if if your head wouldn't attach he would have lost it yeah but i like the brain dangerous one just because it's like oh sure yeah, i kind of would be dangerous if i had a brain what about if you find yourself in a hole the first that's a good one that's yeah a good, solid <laughs> hey uh i want to talk to you about something yeah talk Th- to me talk this, to me this that's episode why we're here. me and you we're this episode talk. yes it's actually brought to you by orange llama yeah yeah you know what the team at orange llama asked clients when they first meet Nope. Tell me. They say, why do you exist and why should I care? Whoa. This may seem rude, but <laughs> if 
you can't say why your company or organization exists and why it's important to the world, then I'm guessing you don't really have a very compelling vision. Nope. Doesn't sound like it. So let Orange Llama help you create the right vision that gets the right results. At Orange Llama, they do vision, they do voice, and they do vibe. Now, for a limited time, we have a special offer. What? A special offer? (laughs) Only for you, fresh respecters. Really? Only for the fresh respecters? It's for the freshies, really. To Uh, get a free vision checkup. So if you check them out and request yours today at theorangellama.com, they will help you find your vision. Ooh, sounds good. Uh-huh. I'm excited. So tell me. Tell me more. Well, I, I just finished. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you freshies out there know this. I know this. That I just finished coaching of baseball season. For the Royals? Not this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was actually the, uh, the Red Sox this year. Oh, yes. But it was the rec league, the local rec league. Ro- local, say this. Local lo- rec league. Local rec league. Red local Sox. rec league. Red Sox. <laughs> um, for your boy. For my son, Charlie. Yeah. And it was his team, and I was a great coach. What was the age here? I perfected ten year olds. Okay. Ten and eleven. Yeah, yeah, nine yeah, yeah. and ten. Fart jokes. I perfected the uh, spitting seeds and leaning against a fence and looking like I don't care at all. Yes. Like I had it down to a science. Did you wear shades? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nonstop. <laughs> Nonstop. I couldn't dare to let them see if i got excited or upset yes i just had to be stoic uh, which is play. my favorite kind of baseball manager card laid is a card played we could talk about baseball all day long anyway and I, and I started thinking about this we were okay yeah we were okay yeah we won some games we lost some games that is where you want to be the, the 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 deal with it is is it was a competitive it was not a competitive team it was a rec team not that we weren't trying to win. Oh, I see. But the purpose of the team was to get everybody a chance to play. Yeah. So if a kid wanted to play a position, I put him in the position. Rough. So that meant that I was putting kids that weren't the best players at a certain position in positions that they wanted to play. Yeah. So we lost those games. I mean, that's just kind of the, how, the way it works, right? Yeah. So I wasn't doing it to win, which felt really weird for me. For you? For me. It did. And then I started thinking about it when I handed out awards at the end of the season. Hmm. So we just gave these like obligatory trophy medals out to the kids. Blue ribbon. And every kid on every team got the exact same one. So how do you feel about that? <sighs> it feels dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It feels cheap. It feels like yeah. it feels like meh. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Well, I kind of feel like... I Okay, so there's aspects to it, all right? First of all, when you put not the best kids in not the best positions and you lose the game, that's called freaking life, right? You have oh, to yeah. work in work environments where it is not the best person and not the best Touché. thing. Touche. I was just helping those kids be better adults. That's right. <laughs> but when it comes to like maybe a competitive sport or a sport that was designed to be competitive giving a medal out at the end kind of feels like the people who actually excelled at the sport are their effort was cheap and the people who didn't were getting a false praise to make them think i don't know i don't know i think you touched on two things yeah you said competitive Mm. and you said effort Mm. so if you give zero effort right you still get a reward if you give 
a hundred percent effort, which is really what I was looking for as yes. a coach. Yeah. Not skill as much as effort. Correct. Because I, I love effort. They're 10. Yeah. You get the same thing. So ultimately, what's the motivation, right? Yeah. And competitive stuff, it, it, it's, it's just got a bad name. So ultimately, originally, I was thinking I wanted to talk about competition needing some fresh respect. Okay. Because I just love competition. I believe in competition. I think competition has gotten a bad rap. Yeah. I think competition has gotten, in, in a capitalist society, has gotten labeled and branded something that it's not. Yeah. There are jerks out there in the world. Mm, amen. There are jerks that own businesses. There are jerks <laughs> on sports teams. There are jerk <laughs> coaches. There are jerk moms and dads. There are jerks all over the place. Yeah. I drive by them all the time. I- <laughs> <laughs> point them out to my son they literally are angry people driving cars it's like that, that, oh that, that guy hates jerk. me and i don't know him and i didn't do anything wrong <laughs> yeah, but drive my vehicle he's having a rough day is what i say <laughs> so there's jerks everywhere yeah but i think that competition gets blamed for the jerks in the game so yeah. to speak. does it make sense like they take it too far type of thing yeah, or even like the evil superpower, the evil corporation that's going to destroy everyone and destroy everything. And, and here's, here's what I've landed on. Okay. And it really comes down to, I feel like parents are kind of at the root of the problem. Yeah. When it comes to the kids' ball stuff. Okay. I think, well, well you tell me, because I want to see if I'm crazy. <laughs> you don't, your kids aren't old enough to play yet. You're crazy. No, the, my oldest is three. But why do you think parents would want it to be non-competitive? I think parents would want it to be non-competitive because, look, there's a lot of like things fighting against our culture, I think, just kind of making weak kids, including diet, the absent father. Oh, man, you're just opening a can of education. worms for every... Okay. <laughs> let me, let me tell you all this. Deep breath. So it all adds up that... Kids not brushing their teeth pro- appropriately. Or Yeah, and you kind of get... Flossing, yeah, they don't floss. they don't floss. You kind of get, you kinda get like, kids who don't have a lot of motivation. They don't have a lot of like ambidextrous... Here's another thing, too, is not necessarily... Like, I don't... I don't like when it's just pinned on video games because oh, that now you're on video games. That makes it like this exit plan of like, well, that's where they went wrong is when not us parents didn't parent, but the video games I were feel introduced. Like we just opened a whole but let me tell you segment something. <laughs> of po- podcast yeah, about this. Yeah, no, but because you're passionate right, about this, so I'm not. I'm not going to blame it exactly on that. But what I'm going to say is, is that like also not getting outside and just naturally moving okay what is what is what is it that is compelling parents to do this i digress all the way all the way bring it back yeah here here we go i digress to say i think they just want it non-competitive because their kid's kind of a slump you think so yeah okay let's let's attack the psychology that a little bit though okay so what if slumpy johnny (laughs) (laughs) slumpy johnny gets out there in a competitive world and gets beat up by uh by Thumpy Jimmy. No, by Star Star Bruce. Yeah. So what is what is motivating the parents to pre- to prevent that from happening? Well, see, I think it gets deep, man. It gets really deep, and here's what I think it is. I'm just gonna go cut right to the chase. I'll tell you if you're crazy. It's fear. Yeah. Anxiety. Insecurity. You know we are the most f- 
afraid and anxious and insecure and doubting people like ever to walk the history in the face of the earth. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe not. But and the way yeah. we treat the way we treat our kids, it's like, what if they get hurt? What if it's it's all fear driven? Do you disagree with that? Am I crazy? I don't know, man. Um, Okay, so I'm trying to think if my kid went out there and gave 100% effort, but his skill level was low, so thus the competition swept him away and he didn't get a trophy. What would you be afraid of? See, as a, as a parent, I feel like you fall into, not me, but you fall, cause I'm the perfect parent, really. Yeah, but, so far. Yeah, um, three, three years running. <laughs> but you find, uh, like, you get into this thing of like, well, now I need to protect and like restore their sadness. Not taking weight that maybe the sadness is a good thing. So you're afraid they're going to be sad. You're afraid sure, they're going to sure. be hurt. Sure, sure. You're afraid they're not going to feel good enough. I mean, these are like legitimate parent feelings, God, like dog. good feelings. What is he even doing? Dude, he shakes his head. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. I don't want my son to embarrass himself yeah. in front of a lot of people. Right. There is fear there. Yes. And, you know, ultimately, I think... My dad would have been scared to death had he seen me jump into the game, <laughs> into the practice, <laughs> knowing full yeah, well yeah, what yeah. was going to happen. My dad's no dummy. He knew it was going to happen if I jumped in there. But I did it. <clears throat> Let me give you a definition of a term. And I think this is what I, where I landed and what I really, really want to talk about if I'm going to talk about something. Here's the definition. Tell me. This virtue is the willingness to act in the face of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Can I guess? Yeah. Is it bravery? Same word, yeah. Courage. Courage. Or an old English fortitude. <laughs> I like that. Fortitude. Son, you must have fortitude. I know, and I do have fortitude. Um, no, it's, it's literally that. So we can think of brave people, we can think of brave things, heroic things that people have done. Yeah. But courage is simply acting in the face of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Yeah. That's what courage is. I don't think we have enough courage in our culture. Hmm. So I see where you're going. Because I want my kids to be courageous. Right. It's not about the outcome. It's about the act of being courageous. Yeah. Um, and it's, so here's the deal. The core skills that are re regarding courage are simply this. The willingness to act. Mm -hmm. Are we raising people? Like, is our society willing to act? And the ability to manage fear and anxiety. Not to not, to not have it. Right. Just to manage it. If, if your fear is paralyzing, I have this phrase I say all the time to people. I don't know that it's helpful and don't copy me. <laughs> Yeah, even in counseling situations, I say this sometimes. I just say, what's the worst thing that could happen? Worst yeah. case scenario, everyone dies. Yeah. I say that a lot <laughs> because it's true. I mean, literally, I, I do boil everything down to worst case scenario, and the worst case scenario is everyone dies. Yeah. But that's not going to happen usually. So I move back from there and I say, okay, so what's really at play? What are the real fears at play? Yeah. Because fear is this thing that keeps us from being courageous. Uh, it was in this moment in life where I was attacked by um, someone verbally, 
and even professionally mm. because of some things I did. Mm. Some things I stood up to do. Yeah. In the face of fear and un- the unknown. And uh, it was in the midst of this that one of my mentors left a note on my desk. And it was simply a quote. It was a quote by Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> and uh, it came from this speech he gave yeah. called A Citizen in a Republic. Mm. It was after he was no longer president. So okay. he was a former president. He was giving a speech in 1910, April 23rd, 1910 to be Ooh. exact. And one of the most notable parts of this passage goes as follows. Tell me. And tell me if this doesn't sum up what I'm talking about. It's not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles. Or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. Mm. I've, oh, whose I've face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. Who strives valiantly. Who errs. Who comes short again and again. But there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions? Who spends himself in a worthy cause? Who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement? And who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly? so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. That's brilliant. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. But I feel like if we're not careful in our culture, we are going to raise some cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. Because we've never given people the chance to win or lose. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Let that soak into your brain for a second. Soak into your brain. You know, it gives me this image when you were talking earlier. And it's the image of, like, the guy who's on a journey. He's now into the mountains. He's pulled his sword, and he has to fight. Okay? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, like, we're talking, like, some... Tolkien Game of Thrones type of scenario. He's, you know, dressed in chain mail and a <clears throat> scarf thing that's torn. He's been on a long, hard Kind of like right? me with longer hair. I mean, that's who I'm imagining. A little bit. But I wasn't going to say it. All right. So it, it gives me an image of this guy, and he's got the option to, to hide or to run so that he saves his life. Or he's got the option to fight knowing that the enemy at hand, there's a very slim chance that he would, he would die. Mm-hmm. And he chooses the courage over the death because mm-hmm. the true value is not in winning and it's not in losing, but it is in choosing to do the courageous thing. And that's what I would hope for my son regardless mm-hmm. of what rec league he's in or something like that, I hope that he would come into manhood with the understanding that it doesn't matter if I win or lose. I want to be true to the courage. Amen. Yeah. So the same mentor of mine, he had this phrase he always said. Mm-hmm. Actually, he got it from his dad. 
Nice. Now I say it a lot. Now I'm going to say pretty it pretty simple. Lot. It's never too late to do the right thing. Yeah. I've heard That's that. what courage is. Yeah. It's never too late to do the right thing. Right. I know a lot of people, myself included, mm-hmm. that sit on the sidelines every day <laughs> and think, someone should say this. Someone should do this. Yeah. Or I should say this. I should do this. And yet we let fear, the, the fear of the unknown, what could happen, we let it control us. And it wins the day. And I say no longer. What would it look like if we as a people, like a culture, maybe even the world, embrace courage in a new way? Hmm. It's my homework assignment. What's scary? What can you step out and do in a scary setting? Yeah. And show some courage. You don't have to be a superhero to be courageous. No. Just do something that scares you a little bit. Yeah. Or that you don't know what's going to happen if you do it. And definitely with the possibility of failure. But always, in my mind, doing the right thing. Yeah. Totally. You know what? (laughs) That's fresh. Y'all best respect.